track. Oh, come on! There was a train coming up from way down below. That was not six months. Better go get your suitcase packed. Guess it's time to go. She's gonna ride that train. Ride that train. She's gonna ride that train. Ride that train. She's gonna ride that train to the end of the line. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes at the Hanover Theater. I've missed you all so much. I hope you had a wonderful week. Today, we are going way down to Hadestown with Matthew Quinn. Hello, Matthew. Hi there. Hey. So Matthew plays a very, very important role in Hadestown, and that is Hades himself. Um, so it is a pleasure to speak <laughs> to you today. Um, it is an incredible role as a fan of Hadestown myself, and I've been listening to the soundtrack this week. Um, I, I'm very eager to speak with you about the character, about the show, and everything in between. Um, so would you like to start off today by introducing yourself to our audience? Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Matthew Quinn. And uh, as Ashley said, I play Hades in Hades Town on the North American tour uh, of Hades Town. It's the uh, Broadway production sent out across the country. And we're very excited to uh, come and perform for you. Yeah, Hades Town is coming to Worcester, Mass, March 28th through April 2nd. Um, so this opens on a Tuesday, keep that in mind. Um, but we are super excited to dive into this musical. It is so hot right now. Everyone is talking about Hades Town. It's just such an incredible, incredible show. Um, I can't think of one musical theater nerd who hasn't been addicted to the soundtrack. Um, so I am curious right off the bat, what drew you to Hades Town? Uh the very first time that I was introduced to it was, I think, around the time that it hit Broadway, um, around 2000 and I want to say 18 or 19. And the music, first and foremost, I mean, before you ever ch get a chance to see a Broadway production, you know, most people uh, buy the soundtrack. Back in the day, you used to buy the CD. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, I, I I listened to the soundtrack and then immediately was just sort of mesmerized because the style of music is not something that you would typically hear uh, in a musical theater production. You know, it's it's a a very imaginative blending. I mean, I guess you could say it's, it's genre defined because it's American, like modern American folk music and New Orleans inspired jazz. And you don't hear those types of music in musical theater very often. And so that sets it alone as a very inventive piece. And then you add in the actual plot lines and the storylines that are just so riveting. I mean, it takes two ancient Greek myths and just completely reimagines them. Um, yeah, and it, it there's just something in the show that everybody can connect with that just leaves you feeling a sense of hope for you know what one of the the taglines in the show is come see how the world could be and i truly i truly feel that a lot of people um maybe don't know what that means going in but when they leave uh if you ask them i think they would probably have a better understanding of what that theme means to them because it really can mean something different for each person but in general i think people walk away with a sense of hope yeah i agree 
And for those that are listening today that aren't familiar with Hades Town, do you want to give a, a little bit of a summary without, you know, releasing too many spoilers? Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of hit on the, the main points just now. You know, it's, 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 it's uh, two ancient Greek myths uh, that are reimagined and retold, um, sort of connecting with one another. And yeah, it's just a, it's a completely different style of music. The the I mean, this isn't giving too much away, but the orchestra is on stage with us the whole time. So they are just I mean, every orchestra and every musical is very important. But in our show, they're they're just as important as the actors on stage because you can see them the whole time. And uh, the music is such a huge catalyst in in expressing the themes of this show. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't want to tell you too much about the plot. I mean, that's sort of enough. <laughs> Just know that if you don't have to, you don't have to be a, uh, you know, a Greek mythology historian to to walk away with an understanding of what's going on. Um, mm -hmm. As long as you're just sort of paying attention, you should be fine. <laughs> right, right. And I, I think the story, I think the, um, you know, the actual script in Hades Town and everything does a really great job of guiding people through these two stories. Um, so you're right, even if you're not a Greek mythology pro, you will know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we have the character of Hermes uh, basically plays sort of a narrator uh, throughout the show and he repeats a lot of the same lines, but it's only to just continue to remind you, like, this is what this character is about. You know, he says the same things about the, the main characters are Eurydice and Orpheus, who are the younger lovers in the show, and then Persephone and Hades, who are the older lovers of the show. And so he will continuously remind you that, you know, Eurydice was a hungry young girl and that Orpheus was, you know, uh, a young man, you know, just so that you know, like, don't forget, this is what's important about these characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I love that Hermes kind of gets its own moment <laughs> in the show. I feel like I feel like we kind of blaze over him a lot when we're talking about different stories in the Greek mythos. So, so glad to see Hermes in the spotlight this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he does a great, um, great job. Nathan Lee Graham is our Hermes, and he's fantastic. Of, of course. And so one of the um, one of the other taglines in Hades Town is, uh, you know, welcome to Hades Town, where a song can change your fate. Now, if we're putting together our spring Broadway playlist, what are your top three Hades Town songs? And it doesn't have to be songs that you're in, but just your favorite. I am a sucker for the songs and musicals that get played the most and are like the most recognizable songs. Um, mm -hmm. I would say one of the one of the more famous songs from this show is Wait For Me, which is Orpheus's uh, big number at the end of towards the end of Act One. Uh, it's it's just such a beautiful melody. The melody gets repeated throughout the show multiple times and it's just a stunning moment in the show as well. But I would say that some of the songs in the show that are the ones that you kind of like tap your toes to and kind of get stuck in their like earworms are the songs that the fates sing. Um, Chips is one of them. That's uh, It's basically that the fates in the show are three women and they sing as a trio. So you get these three tight three part harmonies um, like any, you know, girl group <laughs> mm -hmm. and 
their songs are just so catchy. A lot of the times they're kind of upbeat. Uh, the theme song of the show, I guess, if you would call it just because it's the name, the title show, the title song, Town, Way Down Town. That's sort of a, um, it's kind of a play on like a, a second line funeral march that you would hear in New Orleans. So it's really upbeat and really uh, exciting, even though it's kind of, in the show, it's ushering in sort of the the end of spring going into to winter. So it's kind of a somber uh, song in terms of the lyrics, but the actual music is very upbeat, kind of like what you would hear at a, a New Orleans style funeral, um, the celebration of life, even though they're heading into winter. So, yeah, I would say those are the like like my top three chips way down Hades town and wait for me. Mm hmm. Now, uh, when it comes to Hades, what what is your favorite song to sing in the role? Oh, let's see. Um, Songbird usually gets kind of like a, a, a surprised reaction from the audience just because it's the first time. I mean, it, it's not the first time you hear Hades sing, but it's the first time that you hear him sing as low as that song song can go and so it's a little bit surprising and it's also kind of um smooth <laughs> he's, mm -hmm. he's kind of given like his side he's trying to you know entice Eurydice to uh come down to Hades Town. um that one's fun to sing but also just from an actor's point of view the uh uh his kiss the riot is a song that Hades does towards the very end of the show and as an actor, it's just, it's very, it's very meaty <laughs> for lack mm -hmm. of a better term. You know, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those penultimate 11th hour songs. And it's kind of like a, uh, almost like an aria in a way it's, it's very much just him sort of, uh, it's like doing a, doing a very intense Shakespearean monologue put to music. And so for a performer, you know, obviously we love that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, this is a chance to really show my acting chops. Hades, yeah. Hades doesn't really do a lot of singing of music that that you would hear on the radio. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's he's sort of more there to impart the the fear and push along the plot line. Um, but yeah, in terms of just like the actual singing of it, both of those songs are are great opportunities for a performer, for an actor. Yeah, yeah. I had my I had my music on shuffle on my commute to the Hanover Theater one time and uh why we build the wall came on and let me tell you <laughs> i was stuck in traffic going my children my children it just really gets <laughs> under your skin um and you know stir something in you you just meet your you're hooked <laughs> so, yeah I, I mean that song that song is sort of like half at least the way i do it and i think the way that the original uh patrick page did it, it's it's there's some singing in there but for the most part it's almost just like a speech with music everybody else sort of like sings the lines and he just kind of is like this is the line i say it you sing it <laughs> <laughs> which which you know is easier to get into your head so if you sure. know, you're warm <laughs> especially if you want to sing along <laughs> yes for sure now um let's talk a little bit about you and your history and that's about 80s <laughs> sure. all the spotlight um, so let's talk a little bit about your your acting history. How did you fall into theater? Oh wow! Um, you know, I remember when we were, when when I was a kid, we watched a lot of news. <laughs> this, this like CNN was always on in the background, and it was kind of boring. 
Um, but the weatherman was always energetic and funny. And for a while, I wanted to be a weatherman. It's such a bizarre thing. But like, you know, as a child, when when the TV is on and the news is on and you're bored and you're just like, can we watch cartoons? Uh, the weatherman was always like the most enrapturing to me. So I wanted to be a weatherman. And, you know, kids you know, they want to be what they want to be when they grow up. And <laughs> I said, weatherman. So um, my parents bought my brother and I like a video camcorder. I'm probably dating myself now um, and started making little movies, you know, little little uh, v VHS movies. And after that is when I realized I wanted to be just on camera. I didn't care about being a weatherman. I just wanted to be a kid, you know, on camera and making movies. And so a like around 10 years old, uh, I auditioned for my first community theater production which was the wizard of oz <laughs> in mm -hmm. phoenix arizona at the phoenix children's theater that's where i grew up and from there uh you know i just sort of got really into doing theater uh the the dream of doing film never went away but it theater was more tactile it was more something that i that i i got to be around other people that were doing the same thing and there was more uh i guess with a director, there was, there was more to it than just, you know, being with your camera back, you know, your house when you'd film stuff. Yeah. You'd show it to like your parents and then you and your friends would watch it, but then that would sort of be the end of it. And so I wanted something that was ongoing, that was more, uh, you know, more hands-on. And so I continued to do it into high school from high school. I, I went to uh, Pepperdine university. I studied acting, got my degree in acting, and then after that, I just continued, uh, I started audition for things and that continued. I, I booked work everywhere. I mean, I, I've been all over the world doing different jobs at theme parks and cruise ships. And, and eventually in 2005, I moved to New York and started auditioning for stuff out of New York. And that's how I came to audition for Town was in New York City. And that's what brought me here today to this moment. So yeah, I've, I've, I've been doing this since I was very, very little, but professionally, I guess it started in junior high school. Yeah, and it, it seems that you have an affinity for villains. Uh, as I say in your bio, I can see that um, you originated several villainous roles for the Disney Cruise Line Company, such as Scar, Jafar, Captain Hook, um, which I think is really interesting and an interesting transition into Hades. Um, I, I'm seeing Scooby-Doo live. Was there a villain in there as well? No, actually, I played Shaggy in Scooby-Doo. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very different. That, exactly. It was very, very different. I think um, when it comes to Disney, uh, I'm tall and thin, and my voice is low when I want it to be. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so it kind of just lent itself to, you know, being... Uh, being able to be cast as the bad guy but yeah I most of my work has gone between like comedy and being like evil <laughs> mm -hmm. or spanning to like uh, I did a production of Matilda and that's uh, as Harry Wormwood who is Matilda's father and that's sort of that blend ah. like sort of um clown comedy as well as just being overly bad just being mm -hmm. comically evil um, so this was, this was exciting to me because it, it sort of proved not only to myself, but, you know, obviously to, uh, the, the casting that I auditioned for that I don't necessarily always have to be as 
cartoony as some of these other things I've done. I can actually play serious. <laughs> um, yeah. there, there, I mean, you look at my resume and there's a moment there where you think, oh, this guy can only do like really over the top cartoon type style. And I was just, no, I'm pretty sure I can, I can do better than that. <laughs> and so, yeah, this has been a great opportunity to just sort of prove that to myself. Mm, yeah. Uh, the, the Hanover theater, we have a conservatory um, where we kind of teach all ages of acting and singing and dance classes, all of that jazz. So I'm curious if someone wants to be good at being bad, um, what kind of recommendations would you make for someone that's interested in diving into the role of a villain? I would just say always remember that they are people too and ask the questions why why have they why have they gotten to the point where they are where they are considered air, air quotes I'm doing air quotes a villain. You know, what what brought them to that point? Because there has to be something in their backstory that caused them to get to that point. It's almost like I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And so mm -hmm. it's the same. It's sort of that same thing about um, Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. You know, that's the biggest the biggest uh, plot device for um, Luke is to try to prove that his father has good in him. He came from a place of goodness and it was circumstance that forced him to become who he is. And so if anybody is, you know, a younger person is trying to audition for like being a villain, don't just go for the exterior you know, twirling of the mustache and, you know, these intense screaming voice type, you know, representations. Just remember that, like, at your core, you have to remember, you have to, you have to ask yourself, you know, why, why am I considered a villain? Is there any, is there anything that I can tap into in that person's story that, that maybe I recognize in my own life? You know, those basic actor questions, but I would just say never, Never go into the uh, audition of a villainous character just trying to play bad. Mm -hmm. You know, there are, there are many levels to what makes a person, again, air quoting, bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think, I think once you're seeing the show, you can kind of get where, why Hades is having a tough time. <laughs> I mean, uh, Hades and Persephone aren't exactly couple goals. <laughs> No, exactly. That's what I try to explain to people when when they talk about, you know, people will ask me like, explain, explain the role of, of Hades. Why is he such a bad guy? And then immediately I'm always just like, ah, well, there's your problem right there. It's like, yeah, I don't think he's necessarily bad. It's more that he's he's misunderstood. You know, he's a product of the circumstances uh, that he's been through. And that, again, this is this is more just Greek mythology, not so much the uh, the giving away the plot of Hades Town, but you know his wife Persephone leaves him for six months out of the year to return to uh, above ground because you know she she came from the earthly realm and he is in the underworld, and so when she leaves for those six months, it fills him with fear, doubt, jealousy. You know he fears that she's not going to return to him, that maybe she's just done, she's left, and she'll never come back. And so throughout that six months, this jealousy and this doubt just sort of poisons him and it sours their relationship and affects the lives of the living and affects the souls of the dead. And so 
that's kind of like where we come into the beginning of the plot of Hades Town is we're at this point where their relationship has really soured over the the years because of this this fear and doubt and jealousy that that fuels him to make the choices that he makes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm struggling because I don't want to give too much away. But, exactly. Um, I'm like, yeah. that's enough. That's I, enough. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. We'll, we'll, we'll put a gap on that. But I think, yeah, you're right. Um, he's, he's struggling with a lot. And, you know, I think we'll we'll watch it all unfold uh, this March. Um, and I'm not sure that I mentioned this already, but Hades Town itself has won, I think, eight Tony Awards, um, including Correct. Best Musical. It's a Grammy Award winner. This is just like the awards just stack up. <laughs> it is it is transformative. It's amazing. It's unlike anything else in our season. Um, so I really highly, highly recommend uh, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, head to the HanoverTheater.org and snap them up now because you do not want to miss out on this incredible show. It would be so unfortunate. <laughs> Let's just say that it would be a tragedy. <laughs> um, do you have any, you know, parting words for our audience today? Any, you know, kind of one last thing to really nudge them to get those tickets? Yeah, I would just say don't uh, don't make your decision as to whether or not you choose to see this show based on whether or not you think you know enough about the show. Just believe in what you had just said, uh, Ashley, about. Out and on the awards that it's won and to know that in a many of these cities that we go to the show has been selling out and that's just because of how good it truly is <laughs> it's gorgeous in more ways than one um so like i said head to the hanovertheater.org and get your tickets now tickets start at just 39 dollars and always be sure to get your tickets directly through us or through our box office because we will give you the best experience and best price around third-party sellers, not it. So make sure you interact with us and we'll take care of you as you prepare for this incredible, incredible Broadway show. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure speaking with you. It was my pleasure too. Thank you so much for having me. And all of our listeners out there, we'll see you next week with more Behind the Scenes. Bye-bye. On the road to hell, there was a railroad car. And the car door opened and a man stepped out. Everybody looked and everybody saw it was the same man they'd been singing about. You're early. I missed you. Mr. Hades is a mighty king. Must be me.